What's up, everybody? This is Jimmy Durkin, and you can catch me, Vic Tafer, and Ted Wynn talking all things Raiders on our podcast, State of the Nation. Listen for free on Apple every Monday and for weekly bonus episodes exclusively on The Athletic. I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love to win. You're now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, and Ted Wynn on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, and Ted Wynn. We are here at the Coliseum after the Raiders fell to 1-1 one and one with a 28-10 to 10 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. And, and guys, after the first quarter, after the first couple of drives, first couple of defensive possessions, team was looking pretty good 10 nothing lead on the chiefs they're they're forcing punts they're they're scoring and uh to see a game just flip like that i mean the switch went on and, and the chiefs took this game over yeah definitely very explosive team kc we all knew that i think um you know, I was surprised by how fast it came, but I kind of expected that it was going to happen. I think the Raiders' defense is not that much better. I mean, it's definitely better than it was last year, but they try to make some moves to uh, get faster and kind of uh, be ready for this team. But it's just too much. It's too much. Even without Tyreek Hill, it's too much for the, uh, the Raiders to deal with. Yeah, I think that the Raiders were trying to do some different things on defense to try to fool Patrick Mahomes because you know, that's what you have to do against really good quarterbacks. you got to try to confuse them. But a combination of a short week with a bunch of injuries led to a bunch of miscommunications in the second quarter that really just kind of blew this game open. Patrick Mahomes, 30 of 44, 443 yards, wow. four touchdowns, uh, no interceptions. Uh, his, uh, I think his, his shortest touchdown pass was a, a 27-yarder to Travis Kelsey. I mean, uh, you know, just... And so many of them were so easy. I mean, Demarcus Robinson, six targets, six catches. 172 yards. I mean, they averaged almost 30 yards per target, 28.7 yards per target, two touchdowns for Robinson. Um, basically, he pretty much uh, replicated what Tyreek Hill would normally do. I mean, and I, I mean, the one catch with, with Conley draped over him, I mean, he, he had an incredible day. I mean, Travis Kelsey just is who he is, seven catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, the weapons that this team has, I mean, to, to not miss a beat without Tyreek. And they didn't run the ball. They were terrible on the ground. 22 carries, 32 yards. The Raiders shut down the Chiefs' running game, and it didn't matter. Yeah, Mahomes had, what, 278 in the second quarter. I think, obviously, the Raiders kind of fooled him early on, but they figured it out, made some adjustments, made some uh, some right adjustments, kind of fooled him a couple times. So I think at that point, uh, I think I wrote that John Green's lucky that he and Andy Reid are friends because yeah. I think it could have been a lot worse. I think Andy called the dogs off. I think um, – they realized 28 points was enough, and it was. I just think that, um, again, I'm sure the Raiders are a little frustrated because this team was a target. I mean, all offseason, the moves they made to get faster. I'm sure all week long they thought they were in a great spot because you know, emotional win Monday night, home again. The fans were definitely fired up. They got that to a 10-0 lead, but then uh, you know the rug kind of got pulled up from under them and uh, didn't end up too well. Yeah, and their left tackle, Eric Fisher, tried to play on a hurt groin couldn't play they put the backup in and you still the Raiders still couldn't get pressure on him it looked like they kept on trying to to use stunts to his side rather than just rushing a guy and it just didn't work Patrick Mahomes obviously wasn't himself because you know he had a high ankle sprain 
from last week. Um, so he, you know, he wasn't rolling out as much as that was uh, him not would. being himself. Yeah, right? that's pretty, which pretty is amazing. insane. And if he just wants to be a pocket passer. He can he can be the best at that too. Yeah, and, and it's just like you know, you just watch him make all these passes look easy, and they're they're not easy. And, and the best one of the day yeah. was the one that was called back, the one to Harbin. Yeah, the I mean, seventy-two that was, yarder. That was the best pass. It was off his back foot, kind of just flicked it. And it was a gorgeous thing. And just, I mean, just he's just so good. And I think it's kind of this matchup. We talk about this matchup and how it's tough for Derek Carr because he says the right things. Like I can't worry about what he does. I can't try to force the ball. I can't. But you kind of have to because if you don't, you're down to 18 points in the blink yeah. of an eye. So I think some of the things Derek did was like that one pass we audibled to Tyrell in the end zone that was picked off. He was trying to be aggressive. And I, again, uh, the other interception was one where Ryan Grant kind of got knocked off his spot. But again, also an aggressive play. I just think that. It's tough for Derek because he's not Patrick Mahomes, but at times you have to be aggressive more than you want to be just to kind of keep up. If we were to identify like one sequence, I think, where this game turned, it, it all happened in, in such of a blink of an eye, but there was a, about a five-play sequence. After Kansas City scores that first touchdown, it's 10-7. Okay, let's, let's see what the Raiders can do. Can they answer? Can they, can they go score? And it's a third and 11 play. We see Derek Carr scrambling and makes a, a nice attempt to go up the sideline and does the, the flying leap dive is not is ruled short of the first down and uh which is a frustration point for him because he never gets the yards whenever he reaches out and i don't inconclusive replays i don't know right. if he deserved it or not whatever he doesn't get the first down so they have to punt and then uh, uh the next the next possession for the chiefs uh, they pick up one first down and then they're facing a third and four at their own 25 and feels like a big play i, I remember I, I looked at marcus and this plays the game if if the chiefs convert and go on to score game's over well, what happens? Cleveland Furl jumps offside, and you give the Chiefs a free first down. And what are the odds that the Chiefs convert it anyway? Probably pretty high, but you give them a free first down, and then it's a 14-play, 95-yard touchdown drive. Chiefs have the lead for good, and, and boom, it, it, it was all downhill. It was a fast turnaround because I know Raider fans were really excited about that car play. I was at the car of old, like 2016 against yeah. the Saints. The fans who were just really loving that. That's the guy they remember from 2016, the guy who's had some injury problems the last few years, but now it seems like he's back to where he wants to be in terms of just his mental state and kind of being aggressive and trying to sell out. So, yeah, that was a tough for the Raider fans. were sky high for a second, then they realized that, this was not going to go the way that they thought it was going to go. Yeah, and even on the very first drive, there was a couple missed opportunities. There was that throw to Renfro where it got tipped, and Tyrell Williams was wide open in the in the back of the end. I mean, he he was wide open deep on the right sideline, and um, Carkin hit him. That could have been a touchdown. They could they could have had a fourteen zero lead. Um, but I don't really blame the two interceptions on Carr. You know, one he was being a little too aggressive, but Williams should have got that call for. Um, the fade pattern instead he was kind of stock blocking and that led to a pick second one was pretty controversial it it wasn't a pick play it was a simple slant flat play uh car was trying to throw the slant and if it was a pick play the quarterback wouldn't even look at the guy that's setting the pick so i i agree with car that should have not have been pass interference but i mean that's you know penalties were another part of this game that was pretty bad too you just can't have those kind of penalties pile up on a, a good team like the, the Chiefs. Yeah, I agree that on the interception of the last one to Grant, I mean, I'm not sure. I know he thought the guy was going to be there, Grant Grant, and he yeah. was knocked off, but it seemed like it was a pretty far distance from where he was knocked down to where the ball you know, was intercepted. I'm not sure it's an automatic catch if Ryan Grant doesn't get knocked yeah. down. I mean, I think Derek sometimes has the uh, yeah, first read in his mind, that's where he's going to go, and that's where he went. Where in that case, he may have taken another second and, and, and saved a, a costly turnover. Well, and the other thing is, if that's, I don't agree that that 
was OPI, you know, and, and obviously he was, I mean, after the game, he kind of the first time I really remember him kind of going after the officials. Yeah, he, he, he went after the officials. That, I mean, he, he might get his first NFL fine. Uh, um, but best case scenario for, for the Raiders there is that, you know, and this is what Tony Romo called it on the broadcast, incidental contact. And an incidental contact, that, that's no flag. It's not DPI. It's, and it's just an interception anyway. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's like I, he can be upset about the OPI, but I don't really think that changes that it was an interception because it, at best it, it, it's it's not a flag at all and you still throw the pick. And so uh, you kind of let yourself get channeled by you're so angry that you get called for the flag, but I really don't think it, it ends up impacting it. We're talking about how you know, they made these moves to kind of counteract the Chiefs, and one of the big ones they got was Antonio Brown. They needed his speed and offense to kind of be the, the playmaker and change things up. And I think when you take those snaps and you give them to Ryan Grant, that's a big, that's a big drop off, and I, I know people don't want me to mention Antonio Brown anymore, but I will once in a while just to keep you guys honest. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think Antonio Brown had a big game today with the Patriots, and you saw Ryan Grant struggle. He had a big first drive. He only had one yeah, catch I mean, after the first drive. I mean, com- he's right. terrible. He's terrible. Compared to, <laughs> compared to Ryan Grant, he had a big day. So I just think that uh, I think Derek again was a lot of pressure on him, and the receivers he thought he was going to have all off season doesn't have those guys. JJ Nelson's not been playing. He's hurt. That's a big loss. I mean, his speed was a big part of this offense also. So. For some reason, Keelan Doss did not play much today. Yeah. I guess they're trying to work him in, but you would think that with Grant's struggles and even Renfro only had four catches on eight targets, you would think 30 that yards. Doss may have gotten a shot, but maybe next week we'll see. Yeah, Grant's day, five targets, one catch, minus two yards, and I believe th- there was two offensive pass interference penalties and a, a third down or fourth down Fourth where they were going to the go for it, yeah. and he false starts, and, and they, they end up having to punt. Uh, so more penalty more penalties today than receptions and uh, and more catches than yards minus 2 yards um i mean and he's he's a starter now with uh, with with ab gone i mean that's how they've elevated it you know tyrell williams is is the number 1 and grant is, is the number 2 and i mean we talked before the season about man this, this receiving core has depth it's an obvious thing to state but you take the number one guy off and you know Williams we pumped him up last week okay maybe he is the number one I think today he looked more like a number two and the guys that are trying to be number twos just aren't looking like number twos yeah in my mind they got to throw more balls to Waller I think he had uh, six catches later in the game but I think he's becoming in this offense he has to be a guy who gets 10 12 targets a game. I think yeah. he's, he's hard to stop, hard to cover. He's explosive, so I think i get some some balls downfield, even some deep plays. But uh, to me, he's the guy who's going to open his offense up. And I think, and again, let's, we have to, like Gruden said, Jacobs was cramped up. and didn't play as much as he would have liked. If he had 12 touches, I think the plan was 24 going in. So mm-hmm. that might have made the offense a little bit better. But again, I don't think there was a any magical formula where they won this game today. I think that's not going to happen no matter who plays or what happens. Yeah, I, th- I think in the beginning they were being a little too cute, not going to Waller and trying to maybe surprise the uh, the Chiefs by going to Carrier a little too often. Surprise! Trying, trying to make their <laughs> Carrier a thing. But I think they liked that surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, yeah, I mean, you, you, look, Waller is, I think, to me, he's, he's your number one playmaker on offense, and you you have to find mm. a, way, a way to get Ahead of ball. Jacobs? Uh, you know, in the passing game, okay. at the very least. So uh, you know, you got to find a way to get him, get him the ball. Uh, even if he's getting double teamed, he, he's your number one target, and you get, you got to try to feed him. And I, I thought they went to him a little too late in this game. I mean, Jacobs, great game. Um, that's kind of the bright side here. Twelve carries, ninety nine yards. Uh, he had that fifty one yard run where he showed a little, little breakaway speed. Couldn't, couldn't take it all the way, but that was a great uh, run. Yeah, no targets in the passing game though, Vic. I know that surprised you because you went into this game 
certain he was going to have more than the one catch he had last week. Yeah, and again, maybe that's because of the time he missed. I'm not sure, but I have to imagine that was part of the plan at some point. I think that's got to be the plan. I mean, he's a great at catching the ball, and you see what the uh, Chiefs do with Damian Williams. He had a nice little, you know, some nice routes to run for him, and it helps things open up for the for the quarterback. So I think it's got to be more Waller, more Josh Jacobs catching the ball. I think the offense both. Uh, I agree. Back. I think they need to pass the ball more to Jacobs and more to running backs in general. Like you know, if you look at what the Patriots have done before AB, before Gordon, when they didn't have a lot of big outside receivers, they they focus on passing the ball to their tight ends and passing the ball to the running backs. And I, I think that this Raider offense kind of emulates something like that and get Jacobs going a little bit in the passing game. What did you guys think about it in the fourth quarter? I thought that, I mean, I know Gruden said I was proud of my team. We didn't quit, yeah, yada, did, yada, yada. Yeah. But I thought the offense kind of rolled over late in the game. I thought there wasn't a lot of urgency. I thought they were kind of, you know, just kind of taking the taking the L. I just didn't see a lot of plays down the field. I mean, you're down 18 points. Those plays like 14 minutes left. They, were, they weren't really moving that fast. They weren't really like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't like what I saw as far as the urgency to get the uh, – Ball down the field in the fourth quarter. And I feel like we've seen that a, a bit now in Gruden's tenure here, that when they kind of fall in that fourth quarter hole, that you know they're not a team that says, let's take some shots to try to scramble back and let's see if we can make this this big comeback. It's They kind of concede that the, the, the Chiefs were a little bit conceding it, and it seemed like both teams kind of went in, into concede mode. And let's, let's just... You know, a scoreless second half, right? No right. team no, scored no in, the, scored, yeah. in the second half. It, it seemed like both teams were just kind of content with 28-10 looks like a good final score. I think some of that had to do with when you know Trent Brown left and Brandon Parker went in the right tackle. I think they were concerned with uh, trying to go deep too much yeah. because obviously yeah. they don't want to get Carr hurt in a, a, a game that's kind of out of hand already. And he did get sacked twice on yeah. that. I think I think Brown missed two possessions. I didn't notice it till the second time, but I know somebody on Twitter had asked me that the drive before, and so I was paying attention. And and Brown, I mean, knee injury, some kind of knee injury. They don't sore. think it's, it's a sore any, knee. Any, didn't, anything didn't too think it was serious. serious. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I know Trent got out of the uh, locker room pretty quick today. Um, but yeah, you saw Parker go in there, and not that you pin it all on him, but two sacks on that uh, on that second drive. I mean, one was. The guy kind of got you know got past him. Parker got a got a little bit of a, a push initially, but and Carr kind of was sitting back there probably too long, and and uh, they ended up getting uh, getting over on Parker. I mean, you can see, I mean, the stark difference between Brandon Parker and Trent Brown out there. Uh, that's another guy. That's a guy that they can't afford to lose for any le- length of time. I mean, uh, if if they are without Trent Brown at all at any point this season, I think they're. I think Derek Carr suddenly is in a lot of trouble. Yeah. I mean, we look back at these two games. They split, which I think is probably you know, a good goal going in. Split these two games at home. Now you got the uh, the tough schedule coming up. The brutal 48-day stretch without any home games. Five games in a row. One game is a home game in London, but truly five road games in a row. So that's going to be where this season, I think, that's where the story will be, will be told on this season, how it goes. And they got to finish, at least get two of those, I think, to be where they want to be as far as on track for making a run. But if you – Lose four of those five games, I think it could get uh, could get ugly. You had to get greedy, though. You had to get greedy after uh, you win the opener. You looked good doing it. You uh, especially, I mean, you start uh, the way they started off this game. You, you obviously were were getting greedy. Um, so I mean, I think that's where the, the disappointment sets in. That you know, I think if you if you kind of went into a shootout here and, and you lost it, ah, eh, one and one. I, I think the way they lost it is a little more disappointing than uh, than right. you were hoping for, but. Um, yeah, I mean, splitting these first two, that's that's a probably was the best-case scenario. A lot of players afterwards are kind of like shrugging their shoulders. Like, you know what? That's why he's the MVP for a reason. That's what yeah. I'm saying. He's, 
He's that good, and we did our best. We gave him some different looks. We thought we had a great game plan. Everyone loved the game plan. Like you know, Paul Gunther did a great job. But then, you know, it's all about adjustments. The Chiefs made adjustments faster than the Raiders did. And then once you get Mahomes going in that groove and he gets comfortable and knows where the guys are going to be and starts checking it, then you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I don't think it's the end of the world. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. They're a top five, arguably top three team, and uh, the Raiders just aren't there yet. And they, you know, they, they played them tough in the beginning. There were some stretches where the defense looked good against them, but then that that second quarter just just you know you, you can't have that twenty eight straight points like that. You know, when you look at the road ahead, the the next two games, I think when we first evaluated the schedule, and you saw you're going on the road at Minnesota at Indianapolis, those seem pretty daunting. Minnesota not exactly lighting the world on fire, uh, especially today. I mean, Kirk Cousins, uh, fourteen to twenty two, two hundred thirty yards. He just he still has not kind of found himself in that Minnesota offense. They lost today to the Packers. Um, you know, Dalvin Cook, huge game, 154 yards on the ground. Um, but, you know, that game, it's still not easy, but it, it maybe not quite as daunting as it once looked. And Indianapolis in a couple of weeks, obviously, they, um, you know, they won today. But, uh, you know, we, we kind of know what, what they've been going through with, uh, with losing Andrew Luck. And it sounds like uh, Adam Vinatieri may be uh, on the verge of announcing retirement. He can't kick a PAT anymore, and uh, I think he may be on his way out. They're having kicking trouble. So uh, the two teams are coming up against um, – you give them a chance to, to at least split those two, I think. Oh, I'm mean, I mean, impressed. I think both those teams, the uh, Vikings and the Colts, have to be. Their game plan has to be, you know what, if we you know stack the box and stop Jacobs – I think we have a good chance to win. I think they can try to make the Raiders one-dimensional and make car, make car beat them. So I think it's a tough task. I mean, I, I think both teams have uh, defensive playmakers that can make plays. And, yeah, well, I mean, a, a split would be great. It'll help to have Richie Incognito back. And, That's right. Uh, the Raiders' run defense does look improved, and the Vikings, as we know, they, they want to run the ball. And if the Raiders can stop, Minnesota's running game and put the ball in your cousin's hands, I think they have a chance. I think Hankins is playing well against the run. I think Burfecht has definitely showed up against the run. I think that definitely, you're right, it's definitely improved. But is it possible the Raiders may have over uh, be a little, a little overconfident as far as their DBs went going into the year? I think they all thought they had a really good crew as far as the cornerbacks and safeties. I don't say they were exposed today, but I mean, I definitely think there were some question marks as going forward about those guys if they really can be impact guys yeah i mean conley you see times where he has good coverage but i mean some of the, some of those catches and throws were just uh, basically impossible to cover but uh, daryl worley some struggles i mean we've known trayvon mullen is, is not come out on fire Keyshawn nixon got a little bit of run today he didn't do too well and marcus joiner I, mean, yeah. I mean he was our, their, one of our big acquisitions in the offseason i thought he didn't play very well today so i think that's gonna be a little, a little troubling for uh for Gruden and, and Gunther. Yeah, and they had to do some shuffling. Like, Worley was playing safety today. And you know, I asked him about it after the game. He said he, he was playing safety and he's willing to do it as long as the team needs him. But, yeah, I mean, there's some shuffling around. And, you know, you're shuffling around. You have injuries. You're trying to put in new stuff. You go against a team like the Chiefs, and it's going to be tough. But the, the Raiders are definitely struggling with depth in their secondary right now. I know Raider fans were calling out on Twitter the last few days about, uh, we got to trade for Minka Fitzpatrick. He's the guy. He's the answer. And I'm sure today it will be even louder. But to me, he's not really a fix. He's more of a, another slot corner type. I'm not sure he's a tight end guy. I think I'm not sure he's going to really boost what you have here. And plus the price would be looks yeah. like a first-round pick, which yeah. I think is nuts. But So I know Raider fans are going to be like, oh, we were right. We need Minka. I don't, I don't think that's the answer. I think uh, – this is what you got, and you got to hope it gets better. Well, I know everyone's going to say, man, if we had Jonathan Abram, you know, and, and I know uh, Joyner talked about that. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't sit here and say that Jonathan Abram, you know, would have made the difference. I mean, I, I like the player. I, I, you know, he's he's a good player, but 
He's never played against the Chiefs. I can't sit here and say that I, I've seen him do it, and and he would definitely make a difference for us. I felt bad for the players because that question was being asked a lot by reporters. Like uh, Carl Joseph got it, and so did uh, you mentioned Joyner and uh, Worley. They all got that question. Hey, man, how much did you guys miss Jonathan? And they love Abram. Abram's obviously a rookie, very brash guy. He's got some toughness, but um, he's not that level of player yet. Played where one he's, game. Yeah, he's going to be missed. And plus, in a game like this, he's more of your enforcer kind of run defense guy where they stopped the run no problem today. So yeah. he's going to help you cover track. Travis Kelsey or help you with the, the reads and, and communication downfield? I, I don't know. but uh, Yeah, I think the as far as the on-field impact, like you said, he's not quite there yet. But I, I think the one thing that they did miss was Gunther and the defensive guys praised his intelligence a lot. And I think you know, with him there, there's less shuffling around, and maybe that cuts down on some of the communication issues. But, yeah, I, I think you guys are right. People a little overrate him a little bit as a player on the field, but I think just having him there would have made things a little more solidified as far as your rotations and communications. Yeah, you know, I think a big issue probably defensively is we talked about how Patrick Mahomes was what, you know dealing with that ankle sprain. He's, he's not quite as mobile. Uh, we had a backup left tackle in there for the Chiefs, and... No pass rush. I mean, they get two sacks. Benson Mayo, a sack and a half, and and statistically, he's looking great at three and a half sacks. But and those two sacks were because Mahomes got a little carried away. He thought, yeah, yeah he, he dropped back. He's 40, not worried. Dropped by forty six times and forty four times he has all day. So you figure he's like, you know, not gonna really worry about it. And all of a sudden, he goes, whoa, wait, I got sacked. You know, it's kind of hey, you know. Yeah. So I'm sure like he was kind of caught off guard. So you know, it wasn't a good day for the pass rush. I think that it was a concern going into the year. They did a nice job in the opener, but today you can see why. They kind of need some more, some more firepower up front. I mean, even in the opener, what they have three sacks, but they have three or four, three or four. But it, it didn't feel like you know you can have three or four sacks, and it's like those are the three or four plays where you got pressure. You can have three or four sacks, and you pressure the quarterback seven other times, force him into interceptions, and you can really feel the pressure. You have the sack, the raw sack numbers right now, five through two games, is better than where they were at last year, but we are not seeing pressure. They are not making quarterbacks uncomfortable, and whether it's you know Joe Flacco who can barely run. I was say, it's or, probably easier to get pressure on Flacco. It's probably easier. And they still you know, didn't get yeah. a, hunt, a ton of pressure right. on him. No, so it's definitely a concern. I think Max Crosby flashed a couple of plays today. But I got to say, you know what, uh, Arden Key had a nice preseason, nice training camp. Coaches I talked to before the first game were like, you know what, he's going to have a nice year. He's going to surprise some people. People are down on him. He's definitely turned the corner. He's gotten a little bigger. He's a little tougher against the run. They're like, he's going to watch. Watch watch, watch, watch Key. And the first two weeks, especially today, I didn't, I didn't see him. So that's not – it's not a positive development. Yeah. Oh, I thought the first week he got good pressure when he was in there. Um, he didn't finish with a sack, but I thought he, he was pretty disruptive. He got close to a sack, and somebody else got a sack. Uh, but today, I, I thought they were just being a little too cute with the defensive line games, like just too many stunts. Just put Ar- Arden Key uh, against the, the back of left tackle Cam Irving and see what he could do. But they were just uh, there was a little too much movement, and, it just, and the Chiefs were handling it pretty well. So thought they were just being a little too cute today. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the position they're going to need to address at some point. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we, we talked about how they didn't really address it in the offseason, and then we, uh, you know, we, we got to get a little excited about Penson Mayoa, but no, nah, I mean, it, it's just not 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 a position. They don't have an explosive guy. You need to have somebody there. I mean, even last year when when they traded away Khalil, you kind of could, could fool yourself into saying, well, you have Bruce Irvin. They don't even have a Bruce Irvin right now. They don't have even a guy that you can consider – a secondary-type pass rusher in the NFL. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you got to blitz more often. They got to find some pressure somehow. So, I think uh, yeah, Jordan's a good blitzer. So, is Moro. So, maybe that's got to be the answer next next couple of weeks. But definitely, you got to have to have some pressure to beat guys like Cousins and, and Brissett. You guys uh, sad to say goodbye to the Coliseum here for a month and a half? I missed the dirt. The dirt was a nice touch, I thought. It wasn't? Uh, is it? Yeah, I thought so. Like, you know, people get all bloodied and stuff, and they kind of get cut up. But that's kind of old school. I mean, I'm, I'm down with the old school stuff. I mean, I'm not doing it myself, but I mean, they got guys with those little badges of, you know, honor. Like, hey, look at this raspberry. Oh, that's cool, man. And so it's got character. I, mean, I always thought Council Park had character. I think this place has some character. But I'll, I'll miss the dirt. I know yeah. Derek at one point, I don't, if you've noticed on that one scramble he had where he was running, he was kind of crossing the dirt, and uh, I guess right in front of, I'd call it shortstop. Um, and he kind of could have kept going forward a little bit, but he actually slid diagonally to the side to slide on the grass so he wouldn't uh, slide on the dirt. That was uh, – I definitely noticed that when it's he – uh, It's he, a heads-up play. Yeah, and uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, so dirt builds character. There you go. Builds <laughs> dirt character. builds character. Uh, yeah, I uh, – I don't think uh, I don't think any of the players will miss it. But uh, last of Raiders Chiefs uh, game here at the Coliseum. That's uh, there are uh, some great ones. Even in recent years, I mean, I don't go back way back. There's some you know, all timers, but just in the last ten years, I mean, we talked about today before the game uh, the Jacoby Ford game, the win against their winless. They beat them on Thursday Night Football. The Crabtree game. Well, what's the best part of that Thursday night win? The best part of Thursday night win? Oh, you know. You know. <laughs> that actually don't. The, 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 the sack I, dance? I, I just wrote a story. My, brain, my brain's mush. Yeah, oh, the, tough sack, the, the sack dance. Oh, the sack dance. That's the true. The sack dance. It was C.O. Moore and uh, Cleo back. Mostly C.O. Moore, but Cleo was a little bit in there. That was a James Jones touchdown. After I write my story, I kind of turned the brain off a little bit. I mean, it's on a little <laughs> bit for this podcast, but it's pretty much all, almost all the way off. So tough questions aren't going to get That's why you should have smelled the smelling salts with us before. Not, Ted, Ted uh, and I did take a shot of smelling salt before yeah, this. Yeah, Oklahoma drill next and go outside and get that done. On the dirt! Oh, you got to do it in the do dirt. Do the dirt. One last homage to the dirt. You guys oh. the Oklahoma drill. At least we got a, had a good tailgate noon. That was we fun. We did, yes. man. I do like uh, Shout out to Rod. Here. Yeah, shout out. Thanks, Rod. Was, those ribs were delicious. Yeah, we got a cake for uh, for Mervin Fernandez yeah, uh, being inducted are, into the uh, Canadian Football League Hall of Fame. These fans are hardcore, man. They'll not only get you a cake, they'll, they'll do some research to find out which one your favorite cake is. They knew he likes carrot cake, so Mervin's like, oh, wow. He was, he was kind of surprised by that. So that's a nice touch, man. When you, I don't know if it's maybe a little scary, a little stalkerish, but whatever. <laughs> it's a nice touch. I mean, you get the cake you want, so that's always good. Yeah. It, it, it was kind of a bad foreshadowing, though, because when I took the cake out, somebody turned it upside down, apparently, and like half the letters were on the box, half the letters were well, on the they, cake. Well, they, they had it. He was supposed to be here last week, and so the cake was actually for Monday, and uh, they brought it, and then they had to take it home and bring this it back. There's a, so. a lot of cake detail here. We're yeah. going to this cake pretty deep. Bad foreshadowing, man. Bad foreshadowing? Yeah. yeah. We need some real you know good cakes for for next for next game but we need to get start this game off right well Derek Carr did become the Raiders all-time right. leader I in passing yards that. today yeah. is that your story you wrote yeah, I, I, I included I, that I, yeah I, I forgot about that sorry Derek it's not my story <laughs> yeah I mean as Derek said kind of stinks to, to have it you don't get to enjoy it when it happens in a loss in a game like this um but yeah passing Ken Stabler for uh, the all-time uh, passing yards lead. I mean, we joked about it when the uh, Raiders PR staff tweeted it out, like, they did it in 50 less games than, than the Snake. I'm like, wow, why are you throwing shade to the Snake, exactly. man? <laughs> Come on, man, RIP Snake. 50 less games, but it's different, different era. Different era. Different yeah. era. Come on, but yeah, so it's a nice accomplishment. I mean, uh, I think fans here like what they have in Derek Carr. I think they want to see him take a next step, which he showed last week. Today, maybe a little step back, but again, they're playing one of the top teams in the AFC, so... It'll be a definitely it's a key stress for him coming up and just kind of get uh, 
this team back on track? I mean, I think a key is going to be, I mean, if they can find a way to split against Minnesota and Indianapolis, that game in London, I mean, we know. I can't see them beating the Vikings. I think if you, I mean, I think the Vikings are a lot better than yeah. the Raiders are. So I think yeah. if they can beat the Colts, then I'll be a nice, I agree with you, that'll be a nice split. But I don't I don't see how they win next week, but I'm just being, I'm being negative. But uh, that's a tough, tough matchup. I think the Vikings defense will definitely have uh, some answers for these guys. But uh, you never know. You never know. Yeah, I think in this stretch, I mean, that London game is going to be so important just because it's going to be such a weird week for them. And, you know, with the travel, with who you're playing against and all that. And I think if, if Carr can. Who are they playing against? Playing against the Bears. Oh, the Bears. Um, with a guy who has, I think, two and a half less sacks on the season than Benson Mayoa. But uh, Eddie Pinheiro with the uh, – hey, this is some good news for the Raiders. It, it looks like the Raiders are going to get that conditional seventh-round pick from the Bears. That's huge. Uh, because uh, Eddie Pinheiro is looking uh, like the answer for the Bears at kicker. 52-yard or 53-yard game-winning right. field goal today. Um, I think he had two field goals of 50-plus yeah. yards. So uh, Pinheiro is the answer in Chicago, and uh, the Raiders are going to get a draft pick out of it. And that's uh, – we love draft picks. So it was a loss and a win today. Lost one, we won one. It's, <laughs> nice, it's a nice day. You still got to get what? How many How many games does he have to be on the think, active I roster? I thought it was seven. Five or seven. I think so, but yeah. uh, he should have some momentum yeah, after think, this I, one. I think he's fine. And, you know, Green loved him. That's why they gave him that big bonus out of college when the undrafted guy. So I think that was always a plan. Then luckily for them, they got uh, – Daniel Carlson, who I think is great, so I think they never look back. Yeah, right. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, Uh-oh. but the more they win, the less that further down that first round draft pick goes. So would you rather Man, have the seventh round? We're draft riding pick? this high of the count pick. You got to come and slam <laughs> this back down. I mean, I pick. care about the seventh round pick. <laughs> man, I was like a hard hit in the dirt. Man, I was just leveled us. We all those enthusiasm with the get another pick. Quentin Bell with that pick. Hey, man, whatever. But. Uh, yeah, it's a long season, so I think today I'm not surprised by today's result. I'm surprised by how it happened. Definitely the quick 28 points, but I picked them to lose today, and I kind of the reason why was because I didn't expect him to jump out. 10 Patrick nothing. Mahomes, yeah, yeah. So I think Mahomes is uh, he's the real deal, and it's tough. Raider fans are gonna see that guy twice a year for the next I don't even know 10 years, 10, 20 yeah. years, yeah, yeah 30 years. He's something else. Robotics and stuff like Tom Brady <laughs> play for play forever. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think that'll wrap up this week's show. We appreciate everybody tuning into the post-game edition of State of the Nation. And we are excited to share some big news. Our team here at The Athletic and our friends at Wondery just launched a brand new daily sports show called The Lead that we know you are going to love. The Lead is the first daily sports news podcast that will cover everything from the world stage to the hometown. With the help of The Athletic's more than 400 sports writers and editors, Co-hosts Kavitha Davidson and Anders Kelto will bring you sports news up close and personal each weekday morning. You're about to hear a preview of The Lead. Subscribe to The Lead on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now so you don't miss an episode. There's also a link in the episode notes that will take you there. Also, check out theathletic.com slash the lead to read stories featured on The Lead. You can follow sports through sound bites or the full story. From up in the press box or down on the sidelines. What do you want to accomplish this year? Actually, I want to accomplish getting on this team first. This fall, a new daily podcast brings you closer to the sports stories that matter. Stories about players. A guy like Zion just represents that hope of the failures of the past don't matter because we've got this guy now. That's the buzzer. Oh, he knocks it down. Stories about hometowns. You will see hundreds of people wearing number 32 Simpson jerseys uh, in the stands on Sunday afternoons for a Bills home game. And stories about the teams you love. This was the first chance for all those baseball fans to see their guys. 
From The Athletic, home to the best storytelling in sports. And Wondery, the company behind Sports Wars and Gladiator. I'm Kavitha Davidson. And I'm Anders Kelto. Introducing The Lead. Go beyond the box score five days a week. This isn't a story where you go to some place and interview the athlete and go home. It stays with you. Are you kidding me? I have never seen anything like that. The lead premieres September 16th on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. Oh, what a that. The lead. Sports up close. <laughs>